Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Thanks for downloading this episode of Scuff. We've got a friendly coming up. It kind of snuck up on us. Trinidad and Tobago on Sunday. How we doing, Greg? I'm doing good, Bells. Uh, I'm kind of thinking of this as, as our missing generation friendly. Missing generation friendly. To try to like to try to try dredge up a generation from that which was missing? Yeah, it feels like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, senior players who we will very likely see play in this game uh, are, are the last sort of hangers on from that generation yeah and uh, how dare you refer to sebastian legette as a hangers on (laughs) as a hanger on well when when you've seen all of your friends sort of go by the wayside uh for the the past five or six years uh i wonder if he's feeling like that i mean he's they're they're now all just surrounded by children he has indeed hung on yeah i guess it fits (laughs) so i mean we're not going to get into too much detail about this friendly but uh You've sort of sketched out a lineup, and we can talk about who was, who sort of made the cut, who didn't, which is sort of interesting information. Let's start with that most boring of all positions, the goalkeeper. <laughs> so a goalkeeper, it looks like it will be Matt Turner by default uh, in this situation. Uh, Marcinkowski and Fries joined from the U23s, but Sean Johnson has departed camp uh, due to injury. Um, I believe Ochoa, uh, Ochoa and Scott were the other 23s uh, named who didn't end up in the final list. I think Ochoa got hurt before camp even started. Uh, Brady Scott um, sort of sent home for the for the match. And then uh, a little bit of news on Bill Hamid, um, who wasn't named in, on on the senior team roster. Uh, he did have like a medical procedure, um, so he was doing some off season. Uh, recovery, so that sort of adds a question mark about whether he would have been in the pecking order for Burhalter. He was in the December camp, um, or if or if he's he's still sort of just behind some of these other players who Johnson and and Turner weren't available for the December camp. So just another another sort of variable in the goalkeeper depth chart. Yeah, I mean, and I, it's probably worth mentioning Brady Scott sent home even though he won. Did you watch that full video of the? the practice video <laughs> of course yeah even though he won the he won the shootout against marcinkowski um i guess it wasn't enough it wasn't enough to keep him in the <laughs> that camp. wasn't the that wasn't the last contest the do or die contest no i'm expecting i'm expecting turner to play 90 minutes in this game and i think i think uh marcinkowski and freeze will have a nice little symbolic uh names on the roster yeah if Berhalter's been paying any attention to analytics Twitter, he will <laughs> he'll make the right choice here. Um, left back, the those who made the cut are Sammy Vines and George Bello, and Chris Gloucester went home, I, not to the Netherlands, somewhere else probably. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know. I, I, don't I know. mean, I think the Netherlands are still are still writing him checks, but I don't know if he's if he's what his status there is. Uh, do you do you have a preference between Vines and Bello in this match? Not particularly. I guess my curiosity would be with Bello since we've seen Vines in a few national team appearances, and I'm glad to see that he, uh, you know, at least he beat out Gloucester for this spot. But yeah, I, Vines, I don't, I don't. No, go ahead. Well, I just I, I continue to be curious about Vines too. To be fair, because I like because he he does seem like a solid defender, and. You know, now I'm not going to be unhappy either way. Right. No wrong answers here. Uh, I'd be a little bit surprised if Vines doesn't get the start just because of sort of the continuity. Um, but knowing that the only reason this match exists is to sort of uh, get more information on players, it's not like a, a bellow uh, start is going to blow anyone's mind. Yeah. I mean, maybe some minds will be blown by that. I don't know. <laughs> Center backs Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman. Uh, Miles Robin- Robinson and Mauricio Pineda made the cut. Who got sent home? So Tristan Blackman left camp with a concussion, uh, unfortunately for him. So hopefully he's doing well. Um, and then for the U23s, it was Kessler, Keita, and Pines who departed. Uh, Kessler, a little bit surprising. But again, there's just almost like no real surprises here with any of these U23s who weren't already established. 
when they go home, it's just like it's just kind of a shrug and like, sure, let's see, let's see where Miles and Pineda stand. Yeah, you know, seeing Acosta come back into this camp and then you know be featured in social media posts and so forth does make me, I guess, realize that yeah, you know, you can get sent home from one of these January camps and you you might be right back in the mix six months later. It's yeah, it's a, it's a it's a volatile situation in a lot of different <laughs> places. It really is. Yeah, I mean, even Legit, like Legit, again was so, was so sort of seldom used for all of 2019 in Berhalter's first year, and now it feels like he's he's a uh, staple and a potential starter in a full strength squad. Yeah, yeah, for me, for me, he is. So speaking, well, let's get to the right back, right back. Julian, well, before we do that, do you want to say who you think should start at center back or who you'd like to see start or you don't care? I, I don't really care. I think it'll be long in Zimmerman. I, I don't, I think they're just sort of the, you know, nailed on domestic center backs at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seems like that they, they will probably start. Uh, right backs, Julian Araujo, Kyle Duncan, and Aaron Herrera made the cut. Brian Reynolds is. Uh, on an airplane that's circling over the middle of the, the Atlantic Ocean right now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Reynolds at this point sounds like he's doing doing like just the medical still to do to sign for AS Roma is uh, is the current uh, third degree rumor. So um, maybe by the time we're done recording, that saga will have been completed. Yeah, hopefully no counterproductive last minute interventions from family members in this one. <laughs> Um, the holding midfield would be, Oh, you got to tell me who you think starting it right back. I guess Araujo. I, I mean, come to us for really strong opinions about the lineup against <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago. Just because Sam, Vine, the same Sam Vine story, right? Just continuity. He's, he seems to be uh, ahead of Duncan. He started the last game ahead of Duncan. Herrera wasn't even in the last camp. So we're just going to kind of assume Araujo, uh, maintains the status quo here. Checks out. Yep. Uh, holding midfield is Perea, who um, American Soccer Now has a nice little analysis of him out this morning or yesterday, I think. Still kind of a mystery to me. Um, and then Jackson Ewell. Looks like Perea is going to start based on the based on the video from the practice video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Like I'm. I'm like freeze framing it and trying to figure out who every player is in the video at each point. Uh, so in that, it looked like Perea was playing the six in that particular repetition. Uh, so I'm hopeful that that's an indication that he plays. Cause I just want to see him. I think it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. Yep. Yep. And then the two midfielders to my eye in that freeze frame that you shared with us on the Slack channel were Legette and Acosta. Which means Roldan's Roldan Roldi fell down the pecking order. It's it's written in stone. <laughs> so I think Legette's name is written in stone uh, because I think he's a fantastic player. I I have no idea who will start. I do. It was Acosta in the video. Uh, again, that could have just been a one off rep. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Acosta Roldan. I'd be a little bit surprised with Tessman, but you know I wouldn't be unhappy. Um, but then, interestingly, uh, Benji Michelle was lo- was listed as a as a midfielder in the final roster release rather than as a forward. Hmm. Is that interesting? Is that interestingly? I mean, you know, interesting, broadly defined. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, right, I and think then the... it's even more interesting that Eric Williamson got sent home. I, you know, I, he had sort of a strong year in MLS, and I I would have expected him to be sticking around for this. Right. It might just be that. Uh, and it seems like he would fit in very well with sort of this new high high like energy exactly. uh, system that Berhalter's running defensively. Um, I get, it j- might just mean that Tessman has has really impressed in combination with uh, Berhalter not wanting to send home one of the one of the senior players. So it, I, I don't think it was ever going to be a possibility that like Roldan or Acosta would get sent home, even if one of the U twenty threes maybe marginally outplayed them. I think that would be bad for the culture. You were always kind of a skeptic about stuff like for the culture uh, and, you know, preferring seniority when it's a toss up. No, I still am for the most part. Uh, I just think, you know, in this one off camp, once they're in camp, 
Uh, I think that would essentially be too <laughs> too harsh or too severe. I think it like you ease your way out of it now. Uh, you know, obviously there are a lot of guys who racked up a lot of minutes for Burhalter in his first year who aren't here at all, and I think that's sort of the the message that they might be sort of out of the out of the running. But I think it might be a little bit too abrupt to bring them in and then say, by the way, you're cut today. So I think for the culture here is that. Uh, you know, if it, and this is still if for all we know, you know, Roll Don is is just still a class above any of these U twenty threes trying out. Uh, but if it's close, I think for the culture, you don't just kick Roll Don to the curb uh, on location. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's uh, Williamson, Ko, and Dotson who who were left off. Ko is totally unsurprising. He's he's but a baby, and then uh, Dotson. <laughs> You know, he's sort of been a fringe, very much a fringe member of the national team for the past 12, 18 months or so. Yeah. All right. Wingers. We've got we've got Ariola, Mueller, and Jonathan Lewis uh, who are on the final list. Um, Jordan Morris has departed for uh, non-coach decisions. He's off to Swansea, as we're all very excited about. Yep. Uh, Georgie Mihailovic and Cade Cowell dropped. Uh, Georgie... Or, or I should say Lewis over Georgie is a bit of a surprise for me. Um, I wonder if this is in part because with the personnel we have here, if we're less likely to see sort of the incre- like the very tucked-in wingers, uh, and if we're more likely to see the wingers sort of occupying the wide channels, uh, in which case Lewis would be a better option than Georgie. If you were, if you were building this camp with Morris in mind, uh, Morris and Mueller, then you might be doing more of the, the wide spaces for those, for those wingers. So that's that's a wrinkle that I wonder about for this game. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then we saw Ariola playing right back a little bit in that picture. I couldn't tell. Uh, some other folks thought maybe that was Blackman playing right back at the time because that that, uh, that that video was freeze from a while frame, ago. Yeah. yeah, it came out maybe from early in the camp. So that could have been Blackman and then Ariola and Morris could have been sort of the uh, part of the front three. Uh, so there was still a lot of Zapruder uh, work that needed to be done on that freeze frame. Um, but I would I will say I'm kind of expecting this to look more like uh, like a four one four one kind of like the El Salvador December friendly, um, where the wingers are more of the wide option. So in that situation, like Jonathan Lewis probably makes more sense than Georgie Mihailovic, or it could just be that Georgie didn't look great and Lewis looked better. I mean that's that's always a possibility. Yeah. Georgie, who was, you know, the the darling of the men's national team press about a year ago. Was it a year ago when he two was? Years two ago years now, ago. Because okay. we had the, the one year that just vanished from existence in 2020. Yeah. So it was uh, the January camp in 2019. You know, he was like the best player at the camp, according to Paul Tenorio. Not that that wasn't true. It was probably true. He started ahead of Legette. Legette couldn't make the starting lineup in either of those games two years ago. Yeah, funny. <laughs> Cowell, Cowell is a very raw young player. Um, not at all surprising that he's been left off of here, though he does have a bright future. At striker, we have three guys who made the cut, one who didn't. Josie Altador, Daryl DK, and Jesus Ferreira are still in camp and will be you know, available for selection on Sunday. Jeremy and Boba say sent home Doyle and shambles. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesus Ferreira season lives on. I'm, I, I think, I think it's well known at this point that I'm uh, a big fan of Jesus Ferreira and what he can add, the kind of job he can do. Uh, so I'm excited to see him. Not that I wouldn't have been excited to see a Boba say, uh, get a run out like at striker, but it just seems like maybe Burhalter doesn't rate him there. Yeah. Yeah, he's, it's got to be frustrating for him. You know, he produces for Portland uh, he, despite being played out of position a lot of the time. He scored a lot of big goals last year. And he comes to the national team and he can't. He just can't can't catch a break. I don't know. Yeah, and the, the competition is going to be thick because there are probably 12 uh, U23 eligible strikers. So, I, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe he can still get the March call-up for a qualifying uh, even though he might not be in this group, but then it's like that you mean is, Olympic qualifying. Or? Yeah, for for the Olympic qualifiers in March, uh, and even that is going to be a tough a tough sort of uh, roster to crack. 
Yeah, because of because of Hoppy and Sargent and who else? Even the qualifying so, roster could you could be DK, uh, Jesus Ferreira, and Io Akinola. So there's just there's just no easy roster to make it onto at this point. Any reports on on Ao's happiness in the Canadian camp? So he, I don't think he's there. I think he was uh, I, he was denied for they said personal reasons and. That came like a day after a report of there being a positive COVID test at the Canada camp. So might mean that he tested positive, might mean that he was exposed to the person who tested positive, or it might mean that he literally just chose not to attend the camp for personal reasons. I see. Uh, but I don't think he's had a real Canada camp experience yet. Okay. I did. I had missed that whole sequence of events. So thanks for the update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's the Trinidad squad. Uh, I don't think we're going to learn anything particularly uh, meaningful in this game, I think I think it'll look similar to the Panama friendly, the El Salvador friendly, and that we more yeah. or less control it completely. Um, it should be, and I'm hoping that it's entertaining. Uh, but you know, it's a January friendly of a last ditch opponent that we scrambled together after Serbia had to back out. Right, boy, am I ready for some more meaningful, more competitive soccer games for the national team. Um. I, I don't know. I'm just not that excited about another game like that one against El Salvador. I'm still excited. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to be the, the super enthusiastic guy here, but uh, we went a long time without any game. So even though I like, there is no lineup that we could trot out in this game that would be disappointing to me. I feel like the all troll eleven that Burhalter could play, I'd still be like, all right, I'm I'm here for this. I'm here to watch Christian Roldan and Jackson Ewell uh, run the show against Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you put it that way, I agree. I'd, I'd even be happy to see Lewis uh, just to collect more information about how bad he is. Oh no, no, he—they're all turning corners, Bells. This is this is a year of turning corners. Okay. No, I mean he's 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 a useful soccer player for sure in some ways. But should we uh, any any other thoughts on this friendly? We're going to record a uh, a recap on Monday. I know we we've been a little. I have been a little slack lately, and I'm sorry for that. We're going to pick it up big time in the next few weeks and, um, you know, put this dark chapter behind us. <laughs> we were, you're saving up the energy for, for what's going to be a wild calendar year. Yeah, there's a lot coming up. Anything else on the game? No, that's the preview for the game. I, we have nothing about Trinidad and Tobago, so if you're expecting a deep dive, I don't, I don't even know for sure that their roster has been announced yet. It's hard. If it has been announced, it is not in the usual places. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, let me go back and say I think I would like to see George Bellow play in this game. You know, if we're if we're gonna play, if it's gonna be a game that we control and you know maybe end up scoring five goals that aren't that impressive as goals, like let's put a young left back out there, see how he does. As as opposed to the other young left back that would you want to drop then? The less young left back <laughs> who we have seen, what, three times, four times? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be excited to see Bello. I'm super excited to get a glimpse of Tanner Tessman. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Daryl DK can do in a national team jersey. Um, but, but again, it just goes back to I'm also curious what Josie's going to look like. He hasn't played for the national team in 18 months. Uh, I'm curious to see if Kellen Acosta starts. I'd be very interested to see how much of a stamp he can put on a game against a weaker opponent, uh, or if we can at all. That I mean, I don't know for sure that we're just going to cruise through him. I should say, actually, uh, I don't think it will be as uh, casual, as easy as the opening 30 minutes against El, against El Salvador. Like I think that there will be some level of competence displayed by Trinidad where it's not just six goals in the first 30 minutes and it's game over. I think we'll at least have to, uh, you know, break them down uh, a little bit more uh, intentionally than we had to do against against El Salvador. I hope you're right. That's good. That would be good if we had to do that. Um, if Josie does, in fact, start, I, I predict he finds Mueller twice for assists. <laughs> Two goals, two assists, two assists for Josie if he starts. He'll he'll score a penalty and he'll he'll bag another goal. All right. Let's go to the we have we need to sort of check in on the European contingent, ever growing. Yeah, we're adding to it by uh, the day. You have created some categories here, which I think are helpful. 
uh, why don't you tell us what the first one is? All right, first category we're talking about, which I think is is probably the most exciting at the moment, uh, are our shiny newish toys uh, over in Europe. Uh, and leading that list is Mr. Jordan Morris. Yes, uh, available for selection on Wednesday. That's tomorrow for Swansea. Uh, left, like we said earlier, left the U.S. camp in Florida and could make his debut, like I said, tomorrow. If this goes well, if this loan goes well, people can stop making jokes about his dog. They Which, should already stop that. They're terrible. They're never good. They're not that good of jokes. Whatever, whatever's in your draft folder about Jordan Morris's dog, you should, you should just delete it now. I don't have anything in my folder about okay. his dog. I, I think you could, I, I'm sure somebody will, you could go back through my, my Twitter history. I've never made a joke <laughs> about his dog. But for real, this is going to be an interesting experiment, I think. You know, how, how good can he be for a promotion chasing championship side? What do you, what's your feeling on it? What's your prediction? I don't, I don't have one. And it's because uh, this is totally not like a like for like situation. Uh, we know Paul Ariola is also kind of, rumored to be going it's getting really late in the game if, if that's going to happen but if Ariola went like that would be a really easy like one for one wing back uh Swansea play like a three five two or a three four three with uh with wing backs and Ariola would fit really well in that Jordan Morris does not have a one for one like analog between what he's doing at Seattle and what he will play for Swansea City it sounds like he'll play in the front two is kind of what the the chatter is, and again, it's just not going to be anything like his sideline hugging role with Seattle. So this, and that's where he's been excellent for two straight years now, uh, and his best moments with the U.S. have been in a sideline hugging role. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does with this new sort of positional. I don't know if it's a challenge, but it's definitely going to be a new role that he'll be playing. Yeah, yeah, it'll show it'll you know it'll test his uh, ability to adjust and. Um... I don't know, respond to different types of situations. Wish him the best, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm also it, I'm also sort of giving him the out where if it doesn't work, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that he can't play at that level. It might just mean that he needs to be more in that sort of wide attacking role rather than a more of a more of a forward a central forward role. Yeah. Well, he's not a hold up guy, so if I mean if they're doing two. Two strikers, maybe he can be the guy running off the shoulder of the other guy. And I mean, that, that role does seem to fit him pretty well. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping he does really well. Second shiny new toy in Europe, at least, is uh, Mark McKenzie. Made his first debut. I'm sorry. He made his debut and first start for Genk in Belgium over the weekend. I watched his involvements. Wasn't transcendent or anything, but he looked fine for a player coming off a two-month layoff playing on the left side of a three-man back line yeah and it's again i think he'll he'll keep getting a lot of minutes uh we talked about this before gank only have the the three center backs sort of on the roster and they play three center backs uh interestingly again we're going to test the boundaries of what's interesting um one of their center backs has has now been red carded in two consecutive games because Belgium has some kind of crazy red card interpretations where that doesn't necessarily mean you're suspended for the next match. Um, so he was suspended. He was sent off in a game, started the next game, was sent off again, and then started the game, this last game with McKenzie. I don't know if like they stack those suspensions up or if he'll just never serve them, but it feels like he might have some suspensions coming. Yeah, right. So maybe you're, you can just get your lawyer to filibuster until <laughs> the season's over? Apparently. So... Uh, but no, it's, it's good that McKenzie started the, again, they, uh, gank has a ton of games lined up one after the other. Um, so I think, I think he's going to keep getting plenty of minutes on a weekly basis. Good. Good. Yeah. Let's just keep, just keep an eye on him. He's, um, you know, he's kind of trying to earn his spot, earn his, earn his role there. Uh, Matthew Hoppy, what in the heck is going on? <laughs> This is wild, right? So I'd had Hoppy sort of in my mind. He's been on our radar. We ha- we've had him. He's been on and off sort of our, our weekly preview list um, off of it, even though he was starting for Schalke because it was Schalke, and, it, and they very much seemed like a, a two Bundesliga side in disguise. Uh, not even really in disguise. I mean, they were they were almost yeah. advertising themselves as a two <laughs> Bundesliga side. Uh, and then Hoppy comes along and scores a boatload of goals in a three-game stretch. And they did they get a draw over the weekend? 
No, they got destroyed by oh. Bayern Munich. Oh yeah, of course. But they, it was Bayern Munich, so that's yeah, a that's a the last you, you get a reprieve. The last time he scored, it was a, they got a draw, right? So they're like a win and two draws since he started finding the back of the net, bagging goals. Yeah, yeah. I'd like categorized him with like Charlie Kelman and uh, who's the other who's the other sort of forward that's flying under the radar but Novakovic. indiana vasilev who like got in for aston villa a couple of times last year but it was mm-hmm. never really a serious premier league player he's now on loan in league one and not really making any noise there like i'd kind of had hoppy in that same category uh u20 eligible but we'll have to now see if he belongs way closer to the top of our forwards list yeah i mean i made a video about this for patreon patreon but uh the, th- the three goals he scored in that hat trick were delightful goals i mean they were all really nice like he what he chipped a guy he chipped the keeper with his left foot at full full tilt and then he made this like bending scimitar run in behind a center back and uh, rounded the keeper and then he made another really nice run around the center back and uh and what did he do he chipped it he chipped the keeper with the outside of his right boot so i mean like those are those are goals any striker would have been happy with. And um, well, yeah, what a way to announce yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're hoping that, you know, outside of the Bayern Munich game, we're hoping that he just keeps scoring in every game he plays. Yep. I don't, you know, I, I, I've i watched some, and I don't see him, like, doing a lot of the other stuff that you want a striker to do, like hold up and combi- combination play doesn't seem to be like a strong suit right now. Maybe that's impossible to show with Schalke right now. <laughs> right, right. But he is benefiting from uh, Amin Harit's, you know, sort of flashes of brilliance. He's always, Harit's always been a good player once in a while. And, you know, when he, he got, I think he got all three assists on that, in that hat trick. Uh, so, yeah. Hoppy, Hoppy surprised us. Surprised me at least. Next up, Brendan Aronson. Look sharp in a brief debut for RB Salzburg over the weekend. Got a guy sent off. Um, played a guy down in the corner, and and um, you know just looks looks ready, looks ready for the challenge, the Austrian challenge. Yeah, and the the big question for him will be how he does more against Euro competition. I think uh, I think the competition within the Austrian league is not going to give us a ton of answers. Uh, about what he'll what he'll bring to the national team, or or if he's going to be uh, a key player for the national team, uh, but he'll get his chances when your the Europa League starts up again. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully gets lots of minutes in that competition. What's so? I think you said earlier Brian Reynolds is. We're waiting on a medical. At Roma. Yeah, that was that was what third degree was saying. He was basically, I mean, third degree came out and almost in like a throwaway post said uh, he signed. He has essentially signed the paperwork with Roma. So, uh, but it feels like even he's sort of hedging now because of all the uh, uh, the sort of twists that this story has taken. So, uh, but it it sure feels like the Roma deal is is coming to pass. uh, And that is going to be really, really exciting. I'm not sure what kind of a role he'll play. Uh, right away or if at all this this spring um but seems pretty cool i think the i think the figure that was listed and i think romano's been talking about it too so i think the dollar amount listed is like eight and a half million us seven million euro something like that yeah incredibly good piece of business for dallas all right owano to soe at wolves what do you got so yeah oda soe still on here he hasn't really broken through. I think he might've been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but it's still been, uh, spot minutes here and there. So it's more just like, is he actually on the verge of a breakthrough or was he being tried out and, and maybe not breaking through after all. So it's just another one to keep an eye on. Uh, Joe Scally, or do you have, do you have anything for Otisoe? No, no, no. Uh, Joe Scally was on the social media today for, uh, Gladbach. He has participated in his first, first team training, uh, he'd been there for a while. I don't know if he was going through protocols or if there was paperwork hold up. Uh, there had been like pictures of him watching practice from afar <laughs> by by himself. Uh, but now he is he's fully into training. So again, same thing. I have no idea what his role will be this season uh, or if he'll have any real first team role. But he's there. He's he's in the group. Strange man. It's a strange thing that they. <laughs> 
they bought him a year ago. I mean, Munch and Gladbach's a good club. They're always in like the top seven. Um, and they, they believe in Joe Scali. It's crazy. Um, not crazy. It's just like, I, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen what they've seen. Uh, I do want to go back to Otisoe real quick. Somebody was talking on Twitter yesterday about should he be a center back or a midfielder, and I and I, I mean he's a midfielder right now for Wolves. That's where he's that's where he plays. But uh, I think he could be a center back in the future. You know he would he he's got the frame to play center back, and uh, you know the like his ability on the ball is sort of a plus for him at center back. I don't know how good of a midfielder he'll be. I mean, I guess you, you pointed out some of his shortcomings in positioning and move, like, you know, opening yourself up off the ball as a midfielder back in the fall. And I, you know, I was persuaded by that line of thinking. I've, I've got no sense of where he'll play. I don't think he's really looked super comfortable uh, or, or sort of natural in any of the spots he's, he's been sort of trotted out at for Wolves so far, but that could just be, uh, that could just be because it's his first couple of games in the first team. Uh, but, you know, there are sometimes players come in and immediately look comfortable. Uh, I didn't see that with Otisoe. I also didn't see that when Chris Richards first got on for Bayern. He didn't look super comfortable. Like, he kind of looked out of place next to how easy Bayern Munich players tend to look when they play soccer. Uh, so that's that's what stuck out to me for Otisoe, too, is he just didn't look easy playing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I guess I just think how do I say this in the most uh cautious way possible? He his chances of being an elite player seem higher at center back than at midfield for me. I I have no sense of it. So I'll go with I'll go with yours on that, but I have no sense of where he's going to fit in. It seems like he wants to play center mid. Right. Is that is that right. the okay. Yeah, that's the that's what's been reported. <clears throat> now, uh we got you got five names in one line here. <laughs> Tim Weah, Dwayne Holmes, Sebastian Soto, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and DeAndre Yedlin. Why are they all in the same baskets? So these guys are in our newish toy line because uh, Weah maybe is a stretch, but he doesn't really seem to fit in anywhere in any of these groups. Uh, they're they're either in new situations or they're sort of just breaking through. So Weah uh, had kind of a slow fall where he was very gradually eased into minutes. Um, and I don't know if that was coming back from injury or if it was just that's what his, his performances and training and in other games sort of uh, was warranting. But he now seems to be a regular player getting 15 or 20 minutes, occasional starts for the second place team in France. So no small feat. They're level on points with PSG. Like this is this seems to be a pretty good team by at least according to the table. So. Um, mm-hmm. just another one where it feels like a new player coming in. We, we didn't know what his role would be with the team. It looks like it's pretty fun. And then Holmes has just transferred to Huddersfield. Sebastian Soto was recalled from Telstar to Norwich. Not mm-hmm. sure how, what he's going to do with Norwich, what his role will be there. Cameron Carter Vickers finally got back from injury with Bournemouth and has started a couple of games. DeAndre Yedlin, that roller coaster continues to... Uh, run with him now missing out for a couple of games for Newcastle after like a seven game stretch of starts because of a visa work issue. Crazy, crazy. They can't get the work visa work issues sorted out. And Soto it's kind of a little bit surprising that Soto got his work permit, right? Daniel Smith finally relented and issued it to him. <laughs> that's who you appeal to. All appeals run through Daniel Smith. Um, Okay, so that's the shiny newish toys category. Uh, you you said on you told me to say on Twitter. I'm just your puppet these days. Uh, <laughs> you told me to say on Twitter that you're still a Holmes on the Holmes train. Uh, talk to me about that because I, I think that train, you know, doesn't have a lot of people on it anymore. No, everyone's everyone's jumped off, which is it's wild to me. So he has played twice for the U.S. national team, looked very good. I've got him in like the legit level of impact on games uh, where I feel like the only new players we've seen do that are legit Holmes and then uh, Musa. Like Musa was the only other, like all these other young guys that we're kind of excited about have not always been terribly influential in their U.S. men's national team appearances. Uh, Holmes was, and then like just, that's it. We just didn't call him again. He went back to Derby and played really well for that whole season of 2019-2020. Uh, missed some games for injury 
right before the COVID pause and then came back. And then this year seems to have had a falling out with uh, Wayne Rooney as the manager and has been dropped and then moved to Huddersfield. But I feel like people were kind of saying, well, he's not scoring goals anymore, so he's obviously not a good player. That's just not how I operate. <laughs> so that's why I've got home. I mean, I, he was good for the U.S. I want to see him keep getting chances with the U.S. until he's not good for the U.S. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if he goes from Derby County, which is like was a relegation uh, zone team up to, up until a week ago, if he goes from not playing for them to sort of maybe even instantly getting minutes for Huddersfield, who are comfortably mid-table okay. in the same week. Okay, okay. Um, I wonder how he. I wonder what went wrong between him and Wayne. <laughs> I think it was uh, Wayne was using him out wide, and I think he wanted he preferred a, a role in central midfield. Okay, that's what I. That's what I've read. I don't. I don't know how much how much validity there is. All right, let's move to the next category: the un what you're calling the unprecedented. Yeah, it's going to catch on. It's easy to say. <laughs> Too many syllables. <laughs> no, these are the guys that everyone's everyone's throwing in their uh, graphics and posting with with you know the legendary status already, and that's Pulisic, McKenny, Dest, Reyna, Adams, Musa. And then I'm throwing in Grandpa Brooks and Uncle Stefan in here too, even though they're not uh, 22 and under. Yeah, I mean Brooks is an unprecedented, uh, you know, as like a regular in the Europa League, unprecedented status as a center back for America for the U.S. I think it's fair to say. Um, I want to say a couple things about these guys. Pulisic, you know, there's been ebbs and flows to his career, just like for everyone. There's ebbs and flows even to to my day. You know what I mean? <laughs> This life is an ebb and a flow, and right now feels like a little bit of an ebb for CP22, but he has been resilient since he was 16, and he always kind of comes back. That's my, that's, my, that's, that's my point, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, he comes back because he's a really good soccer player, and uh, I, th- I think that's a good point about the ebbing and flowing because actually if you look at these unprecedenteds, uh, even though they're all playing for unprecedented uh, caliber clubs for U.S. men's national team fans, um, all of those clubs coincidentally, hopefully coincidentally, are kind of ebbing at the moment, where mm-hmm. Juventus is barely a top-four team, uh, Barcelona well out of the title race in Spain, uh, Chelsea, I think, are ninth in the, in the table. Uh, it's just kind Dortmund, of wild. Dortmund is seventh, right? Yeah, Dortmund, Dortmund are below Frankfurt. So, so it's definitely not, these clubs aren't at the level that we are accustomed to in, in sort of the reason that we're so excited about these players playing there. Uh, it's definitely a bit of a dip. I'm not worried at all about Chelsea. I feel like they'll just keep throwing managers at the wall until something sticks. Uh, is, Tuchel done? Is, is Tuchel a done deal? I honestly don't even know. Okay. It, it's felt like it was a done deal since even before the firing of Frank was announced. So I actually don't know if I've ever seen the official an official word. Hmm. So interesting that Lampard, you know, what's that like to fire Frank Lampard as the ch- manager of Chelsea? I mean, not that he doesn't deserve it. He deserves it. But, <laughs> but I, you know, club legend, all that. Um, yeah, okay. So McKenney, you know, there's been a lot of good press about McKenney lately. I, I argued in my video yesterday that he is the best player in the pool right now having this huge impact for Juventus. I, and then I read this really this really great article in Italian. I didn't read it in Italian. I I used Google Translate. But okay. Basically explaining that he's, you know, he's he's the right guy at the right place at the right time because he is he sort of moves. Actually actually compared him to to um Thomas Muller at at Bayern Munich as a space hunter. I like that where he's just moving people. He moves the defense around with his in to out and out to in, uh, runs. And then he, you know, he's, he does a great job of, uh, of like the one touch pass to release somebody, which has always been the thing that we like about McKinney, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And well that, and again, that, that sort of what we talk about as being a late arriving runner, um, which isn't necessarily how you describe what he's doing at Juventus. He's often almost like, his starting position is almost like up in the box. Yeah. Uh, He'll like make a run ahead still, of Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. So which gives Ronaldo the freedom to not have to occupy that high space if Ronaldo wants to go somewhere else. But it seems like uh, something that you can easily work into this current iteration of our tactics of giving McKenney a totally free role because he's not also going to be saddled with protecting 
uh, a Michael Bradley or Will Trapp in defense. It's going to be Tyler Adams back there who's going to be like, yeah, go nuts, buddy. Like, I got this. Yep. I got this back here. You can do whatever you want. Uh, so it's going to be very exciting to see, I think, McKinney sort of un, is it unfettered. Uh, like, just go go where you want to go, buddy, Yeah, for the national team. Yeah, that seems to be the role that works for him, and, and, and Pirlo's using him exactly that way. And uh, the article also argued that he was moved up the field to sort of limit the damage he can do on the ball deeper in the field, because <laughs> he can, you know, he he's, can be a little bit mistake-prone. So it's very interesting, his cool-headed sort of take on what uh, is up with McKenney, with a lot of praise in it. So great, great. Great time to be alive if you're Weston McKinney, for sure. Uh, Serginio Dest, other than Barcelona being bad this year, what, anything else to say about him? Barcelona might be bad for a long time. Uh, I really wish he'd gone to Bayern because Barcelona were already a mess before he got there. Uh, and who knows what they're going to look like six months from now, three weeks from now. Yeah. Something like $1.3 billion in debt. But, you know, what's debt? Who, who among us? Yeah. <laughs> It's a concept. Um, Gio Reyna, after an infection, kept him out of action versus Mines on January 16th. He's come off the bench twice and two losses for Dortmund. Uh, seems to be a little bit of an ebb going on there under a new manager. Whatevs. Agreed. Uh, Tyler Adams, solid rotational option for a Champions League club in Europe. That is fine. Yeah, I'm I'm not losing any sleep over Tyler Adams number number 2 team in the Bundesliga. Yeah. And then it, and then it's Musa, Brooks and Stefan like you said. Got an, do you have anything to say about any of those three? Uh Brooks Brooks and Wolfsburg are fourth in the table at the moment in the Bundesliga, so uh they're going they're trying to sneak into the Champions League and it's not not out of the question. Interesting. Yeah. And it's and it is not also not out of the question that Reyna will not be playing in Champions League next year. Um, next category is grinding. These are, these guys are grinding. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of, uh, the young guys who are at maybe bottom, bottom half or bottom, bottom sides. And that's Josh Sargent, uh, Anthony Robinson hey, at, over hey, at Fulham. Hey, 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 hey. Werder Bremen is solidly <laughs> mid table. That's true. That's true. So that's still a grind. Yeah. I know that that puts. I, I get that Chelsea's also mid table at the moment, uh, but Sargent feels like more of a mid table player than Christian Pulisic. He does indeed. If you're going by your feels, yeah, I do. I go by my feels all the time. Uh, Although Sargent did just have an absolute screamer over the weekend. Yeah, I can't. It was a, it was sort of the dictionary definition of a banger. I can't figure out why the keeper didn't get to it. Did you? Did you uh, study the angles on that one? No, I'm not here to. I'm not here to try to undermine the the narrative the goals that are few and far between for our for our struggling strikers. Uh, no, it does like it does make me think like for everyone who's saying that's the response he needs. I mean, kind of, but it's one of those where if you're you're not going to rely on those goals to to get you up to ten goals for a season, no. you're not going to score ten of those. It's great that he hit it. It's an awesome goal, and we should appreciate and enjoy it. Uh, but you just don't convert that shot into goals a lot of the times we need we still need him at the doorstep more often per game stats are stats guys that's that <laughs> shot's not going in most of the time uh it there was some into out movement to it so maybe that explains the the keeper's uh inability to get to it i mean it was from like 30 yards out it was from a long ways 25 yards let's not exaggerate um robinson and ream at fulham also grinding uh robinson got that red card for a foolish tackle against Aspilaqueta at Chelsea. Was it Aspilaqueta or yeah, I think it was. Um I think he's got one more game that he'll sit out this week and then I think he's back. Yeah, this has been our this has been our most profound disagreement over the last few months is <laughs> does Robinson's body language indicate uh you know, the chaos does the chaos of his body language in, indicate an internal chaos, a spiritual chaos? <laughs> And you say no, an, and I say it's yes. It's an ebb and a flow, Bells. It's an <laughs> ebb and a flow. Uh, Tim Ream actually uh, has been playing. He's, he's been playing their FA Cup game, so he got an, another ninety minutes in an FA Cup loss to I think a Championship side. Uh, and then I'd expect him to probably take up his spot on the bench again for as the league matches resume. Yep. And Robinson will be back in the lineup probably once he 
comes back from his well-deserved suspension. <laughs> um, go ahead. I have Miazga grinding, uh, even though he's he's like a top four team in Belgium. I don't know. It just feels like he's grinding through his loans. Uh, he starts every game, pretty much. Yeah, every game starter. Uh, I, I don't think they're that close to to pushing Gank or Bruges for a Champions League uh, shot with Anderlecht, and who knows if he'll be at Anderlecht next year anyway. Um, but yeah, he's just it just seems like he's grinding in the sense of being that lone army player. Yeah, he has a lot of... I, every time I see his name, I think that, that dude has a lot of life experience now. You know? <laughs> he's been a lot of places, played for a lot of different coaches, entered a lot of different locker rooms. Exactly. Just has to be able to blend into any locker room, right? Yeah. Uh, Reggie Cannon, I've got on here as Senator, Senator Miazga. Senator. Okay, Miazga. Senator Miazga. I've got Reggie Cannon in the grinders list. Uh, Boa Vista are not having the season that they wanted to have. Uh-uh. Uh, I think it's fair to say they're they'd come in with like new ownership, talking about a cool project and spending a ton of money. And eighteenth out uh, of eighteen. Yeah, that money has not translated to points in the table. So. Um, hard. I, it, it's really difficult to say because everyone's talking like Boa Vista or Reggie Cannon moving from Boa Vista to Lille, or they name a lot of other big clubs like Porto or whatever. It's like going to happen, and I just have no idea if that's going to happen or if Reggie Cannon's going to be playing in the Portuguese second division next year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He got pulled off in the 61st minute of a 3-1 loss to Tondela, the last game he played. And I watched some. I watched some of the some of his moments in that game. Didn't look great. Didn't look fantastic. There was a like one. He gifted them one goal. Well, not a goal. He gifted them possession. Tondela possession with a errant pass that was like immediately turned into an attack that resulted in one of the center backs pulling down, getting a dog so red card. Okay. So, so he was. And I think he was so yanked that- a few minutes later. Yeah. Okay, but it was probably the yanking might be probably tactical rather than punitive. Well, <laughs> uh, Alfredo Morales grinding it out in the two Bundesliga. Not sure what what role he'll have for the national team. It seems like he could still fit with our three center mids chasing everywhere uh, system, um, but he is you know another year older, and we have we have some other young kids coming around who are going to challenge him. Uh, then we've got sort of the the real grinding going on with Yanez, uh, Nico, Soto, Chris Richards, um, and then Ledesma, I know, is battling back from injury, but sort of the the second division or reserve division guys um, toiling away in, you know, the yeah. the bowels. Yeah, Ledesma's, like, posting pictures on social media of him doing knee rehab, which is looks really rough, man. And uh, Yeah, and then Richards, I saw a photo of him like holding a Bayern Munich FC Dallas scarf. Scarf, yeah, but looking really unhappy to be there because <laughs> he was. I mean, he was in the Champions League a month ago, two months yeah, ago, and now he's posing for pictures with uh, Thomas Roberts trialists. Yeah, yeah, uh, which doesn't mean that he's you know his race is run. It's just uh, it's just not where he, the, the bright lights aren't aren't on him at the moment. Uh, I think I just named Soto, even though he's already in another group. So scratch him from this list, um, and then let's let's run through the true sort of. Do you have anything else on sort of that those guys that are that are just kind of? No, just that I hope invisible. I hope Richards. I mean, I've been a fan of Joaquini. I like the way he plays, and I think you know he'll he, he's a little bit more. I don't know. He's a little. But bit do you of think do you think anyone's coming for him? Do you think do you think any uh first division top 5 team is coming for Nico Joachini? Probably not. I'm not saying that that means he's out of the US picture, just I I don't know exactly what his trajectory is going to be uh at the club level. Yeah, he's the, you know, he's young still, he's younger than Sargent, so he, you know, give him another year in Liga Liga 2. Um just keep grinding. Yep. All right. Wait, w- one more thing about Richards. I hope he goes on loan. Did I say that already? I oh, hope, no, I hope, I'm hoping for the same thing. I hope he I hope he finds a spot cuz he does need to get uh, some reps at a higher level. Yeah, it, it feels like Bayern's measured him and decided that he's not going to be. You know, could maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they're still just developing him. But it feels like maybe because uh, I, I feel like if they were developing their him, there have been opportunities where they would have developed him in games, whether it's poke call matches uh, or whatever else. Or when they're up six but one it, against Schalke, <laughs> right? So it feels like maybe they've decided that 
he won't be part of their future plans. And that's, I mean, that's the, the truth is what you said earlier. He does, he, when you see him for Bayern, he doesn't look like a Bayern player. Just not, not quite as polished yeah. as their, as their first team players which, are, which, you know, that's the highest standard you can be at right, essentially. Right. All right. Toiling away in obscurity over in Europe, we've got Horvath, uh, Ken, my guy, Kenny Seth, <laughs> uh, Eric Palmer Brown. Uh, I put Tyler Boyd in here because he hasn't resumed playing for Besiktas, even though I believe he's now able to be reinstated if they choose to. Uh, some of these guys' seasons haven't even resumed from the winter break. Emmanuel Sabi, uh, Shaq Moore, Ola Sunday's in the championship bottom three, I think, at the moment. Uh, Julian Green's doing well for for yeah. Razor Firth in the second division of Germany. Uh, Haji Wright suspended, but their season will resume soon. Chris Durkin, anything? You can stop me on any of these guys, but I feel like we're just kind of no. Let's just go through the out. list. I don't have I don't have anything to say about any of them. I was going to crack a joke about Tyler Boyd heading further into the Middle East, but uh, Chris, Chris Durkin's uh, sort of being played all over the field for uh, Sintruden in Belgium. Novakovic still a regular in the second division of Italy. Sivacu uh, is still at Young Boys, I think on loan. I don't remember if that's a permanent deal or not, but he's in and out of the lineup. Um, and then Timmy Chandler for... Sixth, seventh place Frank Frankfurt, sixth place Frankfurt, but he's he's not he's still not really playing very much. He gets onto the field occasionally. Yeah, if he starts getting starts, I think it'd be, he he would be hard to ignore for qualifiers coming up. But at the moment, it doesn't seem like he's probably doing enough that Berhalter's going to give him a run out. There you have it, guys. That's what's happening in Europe, everyone. We're going to do a recap of the TNT friendly probably on Monday morning. You know. And then, and then we will get to this top forty, this long promised top forty. Uh, maybe the week after that, Greg. Son, okay that works for me. Uh, that works for me. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll have some definitive uh, rankings by then. Yeah, spend a lot of time on thirty-seven and thirty-eight, please. <laughs> hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll see you.